0: In today's show, we're going to discuss the honest truth about the female orgasm and how the two of you can experience fireworks.
1: And I know I usually start each show with a quote, but I found this meme out there uh, that I just felt summarized the show so much better than a lot of the quotes. And so I want to share it with each and every one of you. And it says, it takes 237 muscles to fake an orgasm, but only 15 to say it's called a clitoris. And it's right here. And that truly sums up what we're going to be talking about as we're, you know, bringing truth around the female orgasm. But as we start today's show, we start every one extraordinary marriage show with a hug. And this week's hug is sponsored by Casper and Casper is an incredible brand that helps you get a great night's sleep, which is something we here in the one family think is pretty important. And we're going to be sharing a little bit more about them later in the show. But for those of you that might not know what a hug is, A hug is really an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family. Someone who's had breakthrough or seen transformation or restoration in their marriage. And this week's hug comes from an email that we received. It starts off with, in all capital letters, WE DID IT.
0: And If you don't know what a WE DID IT is, it's somebody, a couple who has completed a seven days of sex challenge and then you guys can write in and put in the subject line, WE DID IT and we know exactly what that means.
1: She goes on to say, we made it all seven days. Last year, my husband was running a 5K and had a heart attack. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the journey they've been on. He had a heart attack. Our relationship was already strained after 16 years of marriage. I felt like we had no hope and we're just living like roommates, raising our five kids. Oh, man. A few months ago, we started marriage counseling when a friend told me about you guys. I don't know who that friend is. Thank you. But thank you to all of you that share the One Extraordinary Marriage Show with your friends Uh because you never know when you're going to impact somebody else's marriage. Uh She goes on to say, I figured I'd give you guys a listen. And man, I'm so glad I did. I started listening to the podcast first and then started listening while my husband was in the room. It was so refreshing to find a Christian couple that wasn't afraid to talk about intimate things, most of which I had always had questions about, mm-hmm. but no one to ask or talk to. Mm. Listening to you guys has helped us so much in being able to have communication and intimacy in our marriage, which were really non-existent. We realized that we had to come together first before our children, and then she puts in parentheses, I had to always put our children's needs first because I thought that's what I needed to do to be a good mom. After having our conference table, and that's what they call their coffee break, last mm-hmm. month, we decided to do the seven-day sex challenge. It allowed us to be intentional about spending time together with no excuses. A few days in, we decided to join the position of the month club and to order a stripped-down book and give it a read. Right on. Thank you so much for being so honest and open. You guys truly are making a difference. P.S. We're going to keep going and see how far we can make it.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it.
1: What, a, what an incredible journey. I mean, I hope you guys caught, I mean, it was pretty significant that, that a year ago, this was a couple literally just living as roommates and going through a pretty substantial medical crisis and and in this place of what do we do? Uh And and they took action, got help, and now look at where they're at. So good. So good. And so, you know, as we're jumping into today's show, you know, Tony said at the very top of the show that we're going to be talking about the honest truth about the female orgasm. And the truth is, There's a lot of misinformation out there about the female orgasm.
0: And I will have to say from the front here, we talk about orgasms a lot here on the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. Mm -hmm. We've discussed it many different ways. Mm -hmm. And yet it's amazing what we learn when we listen to couples and where they're at and what they're sharing and where where they're having struggles in their own marriage. So really this is one of those shows where we hear it from other couples. Elisa hears it from couples or individuals that she's coaching. And that's where this one's coming from.
1: Absolutely. Because in the last couple of weeks between the emails that we've received and coaching calls that I've had, it made this show a reality Mm -hmm. because I keep hearing time and time again, something to the effect like this one email that said, should I tell my husband that the only way that I can orgasm is with clitoral stimulation? I feel bad for my husband because I think he feels like what he has isn't enough. Should I talk to him about it? Or the coaching conversation that I just had the other day where, you know, the woman's like, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm not comfortable talking about orgasm. And, and, and it's kind of a problem because I can't really have a vaginal orgasm. And, and you know, so I keep hearing this over and over again. And, and I get it. Hollywood has put up there on the screen for all of us that, you know, sex is, you know, orgasm happens in this magical moment where, you know, you've got all the background music and the perfect lighting and there's the couple climaxing together and, you know, you can just hear the angels singing in the background.
0: Yes, Right. yes.
1: That's Hollywood's version, Hollywood's version. And it's because of that and because of these messages that we keep getting and, and that one that I read, seriously, we probably had three in one week where that was basically the underlying message. I can't have a vaginal orgasm. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with our marriage? What? Where? What's just wrong, period?
0: Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're going to talk about the honest truth about the female orgasm mm-hmm. because it comes a point when we hear this over and over, something like this especially, we hear it over and over again, and we realize how much even Elisa and I, at one point in our marriage, were exactly where... These folks are, are sharing from, Mm -hmm. we were there as well. There was a point where we were struggling and frustrated with our own sexual experience, especially with allowing Lisa to have an orgasm vaginally, which then led into us really looking at oral sex and how does that look? Clitoral stimulation, vibrators, the little finger vibrator that we have on our Amazon shop, things of that nature. And yet that, that was some years ago. And so Mm -hmm. when it starts coming back though, when we hear it and we hear it, we're like, Oh boy. Let's dig into this thing.
1: So I always feel the need when we start talking about the specific body parts that we got to do a little biology lesson mm-hmm. because I can tell you having teenagers, they're not covering this stuff in sex ed.
0: Well, n- none of us, none of us uh, honestly have been taught this in any way.
1: Absolutely. And so since I know it's not being taught, it's one of those things where we're going to bring it to you. And the first thing that I want to share is that the clitoris has Eight thousand nerve endings. So just wrap your head around that. And, and while you're thinking about eight thousand, I, I would just want to share with you that it, it, scientists actually say that the penis, the head of the penis, only has about four thousand. Right. So so there's a substantial difference there. Uh-huh. Ladies, score one for women's biology. Right. The the other thing about the clitoris is that it, it's o- only about a fifth of it is exposed. So it actually internally. It's part of the reason why our worlds get rocked when we have a a clitoral uh, orgasm because all of that's inside and just like on fire in a good way. Fireworks. Fire, literal fireworks. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want to share with you is that it's really the only organ out there that has a singular purpose of pleasure. There's no other biological need or or purpose for that particular organ in our body. Another score one for the women. Mm Mm-hmm right, so, so that's just a little biology to kind of get you thinking, okay, like why are we talking about this? because you know there's this huge like giant lit up in neon light myth out there that says all women are able to or should be able to have a vaginal orgasm right it's It's exactly what I said with the Hollywood movies, with whatever you see on t v where you know because there are sex scenes everywhere uh, where Like, that's what they're portraying. And the reality is is that, you know, there's all of these studies that have been done and there's actually this comprehensive um, literature review that was done that said only about 25%, 25%. So one in four. One in four women achieve orgasm through vaginal penetration, which means that three in four do not. So if you don't you're in the normal category.
0: And this is, again, for vaginal orgasm. So this is penetration through vaginal, mm-hmm. the vagina.
1: And we want to bring this up because, because the way that myth carries on is that if, if she doesn't have a vaginal orgasm, then there's something wrong with her.
0: Which is not true.
1: It's not true, but there are a lot of women that have bought into this, this myth about their lives, that there's, you know, I, what's wrong with me? I can't have a vaginal orgasm.
0: And on the other side of it is us husbands, me included, there was a time when I felt like I was inadequate mm. if I wasn't able to give Elisa an orgasm through vaginal intercourse. Right. Right. Is that the, yeah. yeah. And and so and this is even after the time when we were able to have when I, I was able to give her an orgasm through clitoral stimulation. Mm-hmm. So there was still even for me this perception of like, well, she's having it that way. And yet she's unable to have it when we're having regular intercourse.
1: Right. And and there's almost this discount. I mean, I've actually had the couples where, where I'll ask, you know, in a coaching session, I'll ask, well, the wife, can you, can you orgasm? And she's like, I can. And then it gets diminished or dismissed right away because she'll say something to the point of, but only, only with clitoral stimulation.
0: And here's the big thing with that. Again, we've talked about how words have power and they do. And in this moment, the, the big word that has the power is the but. Mm-hmm. See, because something really good happened before that. And yet what we're doing is when we put the but in there, we're diminishing it and then we are elevating what comes after it. Mm-hmm. And so psychologically, we follow along with that. Believe me, been there, done that.
1: And and it's really destructive, right? Using that butt, using that like it's just it's just kind of like a like a lesser orgasm, mm-hmm. right? The clitoral orgasm is the lesser of the two, even though statistically, that's what more women are having.
0: And I will have to say, it's pretty dang awesome. I mean, for me to be able to give one to Elisa through clitoral stimulation it's amazing. It's a mindset shift to realize like that is awesome mm-hmm. and not to feel lesser than because it doesn't happen through uh, vaginal intercourse.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, as we're going through some of these other myths, there's also a myth out there that says that a woman doesn't enjoy sex unless she has a vaginal orgasm. Uh, it's out there. I, I can't tell you how many wives have shared with me that after every time they have sex, their husband will ask them, did you have an orgasm? did you have an orgasm? Did you have an orgasm? And husbands, let me let you in on a little insight to your wife here. If you ask her that question, after every time the two of you have sex, she's going to get a couple of things. One, she's going to get annoyed And two, the actual sexual intimacy, right? That connection that the two of you have is going to be diminished because she feels like every time she has sex with you, it's being graded on whether or not she had an orgasm. Sometimes, sometimes we ladies actually just like to be close to our husbands. No orgasm required. It's kind of like no shoes required, right? I mean, like you see those signs, right? Sometimes it's a no orgasm required experience. But when you ask us, did you, did you, did you, it doesn't, it it totally diminishes the experience.
0: Been there myself. I remember a time period where this was really Elisa and I, and this was probably in those middle years uh, of our marriage and just constantly asking. I mean, that was all it was about every single time. And I realized, um, there came a point where, Lisa never really said anything, and again, this is like many years before we ever started the One Extraordinary Marriage show, and even working on our marriage. I remember just shutting off and just shutting down, and even though it was an enjoyable experience, I pressing her constantly. Well, was it good enough? Did you? Did are you sure you didn't have an orgasm? And all these questions, and almost like an interrogation of the experience. I noticed it was just turning her off more and more, which then led to us not really even having more sex because what I can gather at this point in time, and I'm just speaking for myself here, is that I think having sex with me in those moments was more of a pain in the butt because she's gonna have to be interrogated and answer all these questions afterwards, even though she enjoyed it and told me she enjoyed it. I wasn't willing to accept it. That was a me problem. And this year is Mm -hmm. all about what can I do? Hashtag, what can I do? And if that's you, maybe your one little thing, and I'm gonna give a tidbit before we get into everything, is that maybe you need to just chill out a little bit and stop asking the question and let her enjoy it. And if she says she enjoyed it, take it for what it is and say, awesome, I receive it. Next time, let's go again.
1: I receive it is a complete sentence. You can just put a period on the end of that when she tells you that it's good. Um, A couple other myths that we definitely need to discuss. And one of them is that what you see in the movies is really what sex is like. Now, just think of the most recent sex scene or intimate scene that you've seen somewhere, TV, movies, wherever. Um, Chances are, very good chance, that you did not see foreplay.
0: Oh, highly doubt it.
1: Who's got time for that? It's a two-hour movie right? No time for foreplay.
0: Hour and 30 minutes.
1: Okay. Uh, There you go. It's even less. Although some some of those superhero movies are like two and a half hours. So somewhere between 90 and, you know, uh, what is that? 180? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or 150 150 minutes. Uh, Probably no foreplay. You don't see lubricants. You don't see, I mean, even the romance is abbreviated because it's a movie. Mm -hmm. That's not the real world right? If it was, then we'd all be having sex with the lights on and with our eyes open. And I know just from the emails that we received that you guys aren't having, all of you are not having sex with the lights on and your eyes open. So you're not buying into that part, but you're buying into the part that sex looks like what it does on TV or in the movies, that it's this vaginal orgasm that like rocks everybody's world.
0: Mm -hmm. You're
1: picking and choosing which part of the fantasy you want to buy into. And
0: And that's part of that fantasy of just this amazing ecstasy the fireworks going off together in that one moment. And again, if we go to the top of the show, what we brought up, just the biology, right? And talking about the percentages, 25% of women have vaginal orgasms. Mm -hmm. It's one in four. So let's do the numbers here and let's start realizing that, hey, most of us are in that three and and four, Mm -hmm. not having the vaginal orgasm.
1: And, and, you know, going along with that is this idea that, you know, with orgasm that your husband or men for you, you have this mindset too, that you should just know what to do, right? There's like this innate, you know, orgasm knowledge that apparently you get, right? And and here's the deal, ladies, your body is uniquely and wonderfully made. That means that what works for you is unique to you. It also means that your husband, no matter how wonderful he is, may need a little information on what works for you, right? He doesn't have ESP. You know, there's no roadmap that says X marks the spot.
0: Nope.
1: And by not communicating with him on what feels good, what you want him to do, what you don't want him to do, because sometimes that's part of the communication too. You're you're like trying to go for this elusive orgasm, whether we're talking vaginal or clitoral orgasm. And he's like a blind man out there, just hoping he gets somewhere in the area.
0: And this goes back to those of you who don't want to touch your own body. You think it's dirty. It's nasty. These are all mindsets and we can't go into this in one show. Um, but we have other shows that we do talk about that. And also on our daily steps show, we've had many a women and men ask questions. So you can check out that one too. That's at one extraordinary slash daily steps. But those are, those are mindset shifts that need to begin to happen. So that way you can experience what's, what's happening in your own body, right? I mean, for Elisa and I, when we got to this point, it, it had to happen. She had to be able to tell me where to go. So she needed to know where her own clitoris was and then share with me where I needed to be. And this was that journey together that we took. And even today, there are still times when I can be off course and she's like, Hey, you need to move a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and she's not saying it verbally, she may just use her hand to move my hand
1: or sometimes i just simply say you're a little far to the right or a little far to the left yeah. and let me- that's
0: typically rated right in the beginning if it, if it's like mid to true. end you know we're sort of like already past that piece
1: true but let me just let me just share that whole directional thing or giving a little bit of feedback is so important because wives your husband would much rather have a little bit of direction and get you to orgasm than just be you know shooting blindly right? It, it, it's not a bad thing to give direction. And the last, the last myth that I want to address before we start talking about some action steps around this whole, this whole topic is the idea that it's okay to fake an orgasm, right? Because a lot of times we, you know, women are like, I'll just fake it and it'll be over and that's all good and you know, he'll think it's fine. Um, please don't fake orgasms because all that does is train your husband in something that doesn't work and frustrates you. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so that's just a little, that's a freebie on the, you know, faking an orgasm, but we we need to get into this orgasm conversation in your marriage. And, and, you know, I know a lot of you are saying, okay, Tony and Lisa, how do I start this conversation? And you know, honestly, we're so glad that you're thinking that because we want to share that with you. But we, first, we want to introduce you to this week's sponsor. And as I said at the top of the show, this week's sponsor is Casper. And Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time, which is so key when it comes to your sexual intimacy. These products are cleverly designed to mimic the human curves, which we love, providing supportive comfort for all kinds of bodies. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounced. Casper offers a wide array of other products like pillows and sheets to ensure an overall better sleep experience. And all of their products are designed, developed, and assembled right here in the United States. With over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars across Casper, Amazon, and Google, Casper is becoming the internet's favorite mattress. And you can be sure of your purchase with their 100-night risk-free sleep on it trial. So get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash OEM and using OEM at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. So it's time to talk about the orgasms in your marriage. It's important because the two of you need to find out what this looks like for both of you, right? How have you been feeling about this? Do you know what works for you? Right? For some of you, this may even just, the conversation may get started around the 19 questions to amazing sex with your spouse right? That's a great way to just lead into the, the sexual intimacy conversations. And if you haven't picked that up yet, now's the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can get that at com slash 19 questions. And I want to just say, it's important for both of you to talk about this. I mean, look, just, just talking about how many nerve endings mm-hmm. are, are on or in right in in. the clitoris. It's I mean, 8,000 and yet a fifth of those are on top, which is what we're able to touch. So, you know, take a fifth of 8,000, you're at what? 20%.
1: 1250? Yeah, something like that. Something uh, like that. For, for, do, for, yeah. you, for you
0: mathematicians, you guys Six, can... I think
1: it's 1,600.
0: All right. You can get us on that one. But it's still, you think about that, how many you're touching mm-hmm. and what a difference that begins to make. Right. And being able to understand these, the, your biology, the how you're made, really helps us sometimes to go, wow, okay, th- this is interesting, and and what we're looking at and what we're dealing with here, and 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 how are we able to discuss this?
1: Well, and then it's it's moving into the conversation around uh, clitoral versus vaginal orgasm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, and having sure. the conversation, can we can we have a clitoral orgasm? And I say we, because when the two of you are, when the two of you are having sex, it's not a singular experience, right? Because she may experience it, but he is the one delivering the sensations to get there. So that's a we thing. Mm -hmm. And, And that's why we talk about this because it's how do we, or in this case, the two of you get to that point together.
0: And don't get frustrated. Please don't get frustrated if you, if you try a few times and it doesn't happen. Exactly the way you wanted it to. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly do not think for Elisa and I, orgasms be, didn't become a consistent part of our sexual intimacy until probably year 12. Thir- it
1: was definitely after the 60 Days of Sex Challenge.
0: Right. But even during the 60 Days of Sex Challenge, it mm-hmm. wasn't like you are having orgasms every night or yeah. even every other night, I mean, it was still, we were we we're still learning. So mm-hmm. it took us 12 years, maybe even 13 years before we got to a point where it was more regular.
1: And that was through a lot of trial and error. Yes. And what has become a lot of conversations on what works and, you know, it was, even, it was we're preparing for the show and Tony and I were talking about it. And he said, you know, it's interesting because he's like, I can probably count on one hand the number of times that you've had a vaginal orgasm. And I said, you're right. He goes, but what I've noticed, because I, you know, and there are a lot of women out there like me who can have multiple orgasms. We actually, I know when we did our, um, when we did the orgasm infograph, we talked about multiple orgasms and we should actually link. Yep. The sex and
0: orgasm one.
1: We should link to that. There Mm -hmm. are a lot of women that can have multiple orgasms. And so what Tony has figured out is that if I'm having a multiple if I'm having like a secondary orgasm, that's when he'll actually go towards uh, vaginal penetration. Mm-hmm. And then I'm still kind of like riding the wave and he's at the, you know, and so it's not, it's not the simultaneous experience that, you know, movies make it out to be, but it's so darn close mm-hmm. that yeah. it might as well be. Yeah. Yep. Right. And, and it's getting to that place. And, and, and ladies for you, I know this is really uncomfortable. I mean, I, I had a wife stare at me you know, in a coaching session the other day and she's like, this is really hard to talk about. And I get it, but I also know, and I'm going to use the word, but I know that this is going to have breakthrough in your marriage when you can open your mouth and start the conversation outside of your bedroom. Little caveat there. We always talk about this when we're talking about, you know, anything pertaining to sex, talk about it somewhere outside your bedroom because you've got all this emotional energy wrapped up in will we won't we is he going to ask me this time is he not going to ask me will I you know go for a walk and talk
0: I, I have to still say one of the best 19 question sessions Elise and I ever had was on our 20th anniversary we are driving back home from Laguna Beach back to San Diego um, and we just we had it with us We had about, it's about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes, along the coast, we're driving, and we just pulled those 19 questions out. In all honesty, guys, that was one of the best sessions of that, because we were moving, we were having a good time, we were laughing, we had some music on.
1: Top was down in the convertible.
0: Top was down on the convertible, I mean talk about just being absolutely riled up and horny after that conversation uh, I mean it was just amazing but it was it, a lot of it had to do that we were we were alone we set aside time we, we were just it was fun the questions were just it it, it flowed we, we weren't really pressing each other and like you need to answer this now it was just a flow of conversation if something was just sort of like I don't know right now all right let's go to that next question we'll come back to that
1: that mm-hmm. one it's here's the thing about the vaginal orgasm. You know, there's, there's so much, so many myths out there wrapped around it. And at the end of the day, it's looking at what's happening between the two of you and and how the two of you achieve orgasm. Don't measure yourself or compare yourself to what you see in the movies. Don't compare yourself to what you read in Cosmo or any other grocery store magazine. Look at what's happening between the two of you and say, what does this look like? How is it working for us? And how can we make what we do extraordinary because we understand now that like myth number one, not all women are able to have a vaginal orgasm. So if, if she can't, that's okay.
0: We know it. We understand it.
1: It's not because she's broken or he's broken. It's because most women don't. Are we trying to live the Hollywood fantasy or are we actually going to live our marriage? Like real life. Like real life, like no movie sets, like no background music, like actually having foreplay and using lubricants and, and romancing throughout the day, mm-hmm. right? That's all the stuff that leads into orgasm. And, and are we going to actually like understand that a woman can have a sexual experience with her husband and not come to orgasm and still enjoy it? Yes. Yes right? When the two of you start having those conversations and bringing that level of transparency and vulnerability to your marriage, let me tell you something. The orgasm is going to have, it's going to have a different weight in your relationship. When the two of you talk about what it looks like for the sexual intimacy and, and you know, how she has an orgasm and what works for her and, and, and getting your husbands in the loop, ladies, like let him know so that he can actually participate with you right? Like let's get to that point where the orgasm isn't something we don't talk about, but rather it is something that we do talk about so that it can be a component of your sexual intimacy. So that it can be a healthy, vital component of your marriage. Stop, stop being in this place where you're too scared to talk about it, but you want it. Instead, go after it with your husbands and bring him along for the ride. Uh He wants to be there with you. He wants to pleasure you. He can't do it though if he doesn't know how or if the two of you are stuck in this place where it seems like it's all about the vaginal orgasm yeah all
0: right you guys it's a big one it's a fun one and we hope you learned a lot because honestly we're still learning and just picking up some of that stuff that elisa brought up at the, at the beginning the the stats the biology all of that helps each and every one of us to have a more intimate sexual intimate or a more sexual intimate lifestyle. Let's just put it at that. So by knowing that we all have that knowledge to go, all right, what are we going to do to have and give orgasms? Plain and simple. So go out there, enjoy each other. We want to hear back from you guys though. Let us know what you think about this because I think this is one of those ones where I know you guys in the one family will share and let us know how it's impacting your lives. We love you guys. Have a fantastic week. Have an amazing orgasm. Both of you. We love you guys. Bye-bye.